Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Coffee Club podcast, episode 79, another Q&A episode. Need I say more? Need I say more. Let's get into it. Huh? Oh, actually, first, little bean shout out. This one, a nice care package from Shari, Shari Sullivan, all the way up in Crash Butte, friend of the podcast, friend of, well, she's a big fan, OAC, team boss, so I met her back in the team boss days, but she's, I believe she's the coach at the Crest Butte High School which would be a pretty nice place to go to school. But pretty she's nice place to live as well. <laughs> pretty nice overall. If you can afford to live there and go to school, you've uh, you've ticked a couple of boxes. So, But she's just awesome, like big fan, spreads a lot of joy through the running world. So thank you very much, very much, Shari, for sending that. She included the... Do you think... I wasn't sure if she included the Thin Mints because we talked about them a few weeks ago, if you remember. And then she sent beans from camp for coffee, which is... I think the most popular coffee shop in Crestview, and then also First Ascent, which looks like a lovely bag of beans. And then also she sent some Noon. I know that she loves Noon with a kind message for Ollie, which is with every Mountain Dew, take some electrolytes. Lemon lime Noon is better than Mountain Dew. Okay, so I'm going to put the Noon in the Mountain That's Dew. That's what right? I was going to say. I mean, yeah. That'd be good. I'll just that'd put the it. Noon in the Mountain Dew so then I can, uh, you know. And it'll be extra tackle. fizzy. Tackle two two birds with one stone. I think that's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, is Shari our first ever double double delivery? Because I feel like this is the second time we've I had think she has. coffee beans. I the think only she the has. only other double delivery people is Morgan's mom and my mom. I think. Oh, true. That's the, the and, that, and those are mom, that doesn't Shari. count though because mums are mums. You know they look after yeah. their boys. But um, she's so looking after us. Shari, that's elite company. You're up there with our moms. So <laughs> we we appreciate that. Well done, Shari. You've transcended. You've transcended. To <laughs> You've family. transcended. Yeah. So thank you very much. And I also wanted to give a quick little personal shout out for the last podcast. Got a lot of kind comments about the injury comeback, and then also specifically my uh, hives urticaria. <laughs> uh, I guess a lot more people you have a lot experienced of advice it on your hives. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's more common than I thought. Maybe people are just generally don't, people are afraid don't talk to about speak it. out. Yeah, you're gonna so, be you're gonna be a hives advocate. You're gonna be one of those people who's talking at schools and TED talks about hives and yeah. an advocate for it. So I guess great. you know I haven't I I haven't luckily I haven't suffered that much in my life, but now I really do understand the power of speaking out about your problems and then having other people come forward and be able to relate to them. You're gonna get paid gigs. Speaking gigs is, so, uh, is like, can we talk about hives. your Olympic gold medal, Morgan? No, no, no we're talking about oh, yeah. hives and the awareness of it and the ability to speak out. What but, allowed me to get here today was, was my battle. Was my battle with hives. <laughs> but so, for anyone out, out there that has had hives in the past, that has hives in the present, or that has it in the future, I stand with you. Because so, I, that wasn't rehearsed in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> so, but thank you very much. A lot of kind messages, which really, really liked and Pretty appreciated. Awesome, yeah. So we'll take it. We'll take it. Um, to start off today, we do have a couple of real topics. Zane Robertson doping scandal is written on the show notes by our producer. And then also some other interesting stuff that's been going on here in Boulder that we've been getting up to training wise. So we'll get into that. But first, to get things kicked off, I do have a little word associate, association game, which put together for ollie and george we'll go back and forth so it's basic word association just first word i'll say a word and then first word that comes to mind or maybe a short sentence just let me know what you're feeling you guys ready to go yeah i'm a little nervous yeah same <laughs> we'll, we'll start off easy and we'll get into it it's actually not that bad like could could have made it much worse all right we'll start with ollie i'll go ollie george all right jing first one jingy um tattoos really nice. all right george sheep 
uh, woolly sock somewhere. Right <laughs> Scots men slash Scots woman. Eyelash McGuckins. <laughs> uh, the 10,000 meters. <laughs> Eyelash McGuckins. <laughs> that's your association with the 10,000 wow. meters. Sense. Bro, sense. that's awesome. Uh, Oakley sunglasses. Josh Kerr. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Bowman Track Club. How do I put this nicely? <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, one. I already got one already. Go on, do your one. Oh, I'm nervous. Taylor's Fish concert. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Good save. Good save. Mine was burritos. Burritos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike Smith. Um, chop wood, carry water. Well done. Yeah. Nicely done. Uh, Tom Wang. Coffee club hero. <laughs> Mountain Dew. The elixir of life. Double threshold. <laughs> Pointless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never thought that would come out of his mouth. Uh, Gus. My son. Mouth taping. Essential. Had to, to life. Had to bring that back. Yeah, yeah. Dude, we haven't talked about it in so long. long. I'm still doing that every night, just if you know I was wondering. Yeah, I gotta get back into that. Yeah, so do I. Uh, I was. No, there's too much information. <laughs> uh, I was I was uh, going to sleep a couple of nights ago with Cinta, and she said, "Can you breathe through your nose, please?" Because <laughs> I was breathing through my mouth. I've done that before like, as well. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I've done that before. Where you just breathe through your your, um, your mouth and it's really loud, and you just go. <gasps> I was like, All right, I'll, let me get the tape back out. Did you breathe into her face, or did you just- <laughs> I, was just, I, I was just breathing too loud? Uh, final couple. Uh, Union Track Club. United Airlines. Nice. Steeplechase. What's that? <laughs> that's a good, a good say. And I think that's it. Little, little word association. I think you guys both crushed that. Easy. That was fun, actually. A little throwback. Yeah. Did you like that I brought up the Scotsmen slash Scotswomen? Yeah, I um, I did like that quite a bit. <laughs> just a, just a, a little visit to last week's episode for anyone who didn't listen. We could do back. a little cycle. Like... Next time we do it, I do it for you two. That's a good idea. Swap around. Keep it going. What should we call it though, like headline-wise? Well, you're the names guy. You are the names guy. Um, to be fair, you can just call it word association yeah, for now until, <laughs> until, word, word until, association. We find, until we find something <laughs> funnier. Let's just say. Coffee club words that sound like words. Yeah. It's pretty stupid, but. Not your best. No, it's not my best. We'll, I mean, I, we'll I'm, workshop. We'll come back. You can't it. force it. I think yeah. if we've learned anything from over the years is that you can't force it. It just comes to you. It's a, it's just a natural. It just happens. But so, yeah. No. Yeah. So there were some. I guess. I guess college kids are racing already, which is crazy to see. But in terms of our universe, not too much happening. Athletically, probably the, the most impressive athletic feat that comes to my mind was what I saw from Yara Nagusa's bender in <laughs> Vegas when he went to a, attend the Taylor Swift concert, which we've talked about a little bit. I'm calling it the Nagusa tour because it literally was him just going to Vegas and just taking over. I think he was there for two and three days and he just parted it up, saw T-Swift, also randomly, I don't know how many how much attention everyone was paying, but there was like a billion people that we know went, yeah. went to Vegas to go see Taylor Swift. And none of us care about Taylor Swift. Apologies to anyone that does. Apologies, don't like her. So yeah. I just can't understand. I get she must have one of the biggest like pure cult followings. 
She is like honestly like she's like, massive. It's yeah. like Kanye. She's like Kanye West level. Like two thousand eight Kanye West. Yeah. She could. She could run for president probably. Well, I didn't. Apparently, what uh, she said, she urged people to vote, and apparently, like they they apparently somehow were able to measure like millions and millions of young people were voting because Taylor Swift told them to vote. Maybe they were voting. And there Taylor was Swift. that there was that Spotify <laughs> yeah. thing. Do you remember that Spotify thing that happened that she like had to go at Spotify and took her music off Spotify yeah. and it was a massive riot. Like stuff like that. Like she's definitely got a lot of power. She probably has more power than Joe Biden, I'd say, in the country. True. I would say. Not to get political, but not to get no, I'm not getting political. I'm just saying like if people if there was gonna be an apocalypse and someone was looking for a leader, I'm guessing Nagoose would go straight to Swift and say, What do we do? Yeah. So it also helps she like didn't perform for a long time so then uh, she like uh, is coming back who, who would you fly okay this is a question I have for the boys who would you fly to Vegas and do the Nagoose to a bender for what artist I would choose to see Diplo or Major Lazer mm. like, like really big amazing like electronic artists seeing them in Vegas which I'm pretty sure half of them are like have residency in Vegas so they perform there every weekend so I could, <laughs> so I could probably do it any weekend but if I was It'd be that type of level. Mm. Like that's maybe not a festival. I guess a festival you always fly to. So like that's kind of a similar vibe, but it'd have to be, I think I would love to see Major Lazer live. I don't think I have anyone, but I would go, if I could afford the F1 tickets, I would go to Vegas yeah. for that. That'd be so I honestly fun. don't think I have an artist that I would be prepared to do that for. It is a lot of money. I mean, at the moment, I think for me personally, I would love to have like, same kind of vibe of view of Diplo and Major Lazer, but like Fred again and Chainsmokers. Like and definitely Chainsmokers, very, yeah. very techno poppy music mm-hmm. that you can just Seems kind like of... the Vegas vibe. Yeah, you can kind of get into fits. the Vegas vibe. Because when I think of Taylor Swift, it sounds like I'm old, but I think of Love Story. I think of that old country twang, you know? I don't think of her yelling Shake It Off multiple times and then doing some sort of floss movement. Um, I think of, <laughs> what is the floss movement? I don't know, it's just some sort of shaking movement to obviously betray shake it off um, um, okay but i can't remember the music video anyway selling out football stadiums like it's pretty impressive multiple nights in a row yeah. in one city is it's, it's like her it's amazing well, it's her and um ed sheeran and stuff right like those are the artists that just the like big pop stars tour stadiums harry yeah. harry styles yeah even though his new album sucks but oh no nah, controversial I mean, that isn't okay you would agree fine line was way better than was. harry's house much better. that might be controversial for our listeners I'm just putting it out here. Fine Line album should have been the Grammy winning album, not Harry's House. I think Harry's House was not that good. Yeah, but that's a good question. Just wait till it gets uh, rocks thrown into our windows. <laughs> <laughs> the Harry Styles fans. Yeah, and Taylor Swift ones as well. Shout out to Avery Casillas, big Harry Styles fan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Avery, this is like for exposing Avery, our water boy. I'm pretty sure he only is, I think... 80% he's a massive massive Harry Styles fan because he knows that every single female is a massive Harry Styles so that's fan. That's his in to like talk to girls. I just girls exposed or, him. I just exposed yeah. him. Because I know... So he doesn't, he doesn't really like Harry Styles. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, He'll go to a Harry Styles concert if like... There's, he's bringing, there's a, bringing, bringing, a, bringing a girl. Bringing a girl. Exposed. Exposed. Also a tip for any young, young bucks out there. Get into Harry Styles because then the girls, you'll have something to talk to them about. But music, cool. Tick that box. Moving on from that. Zane Robertson doping scandal. <laughs> <laughs> what a transition. Straight into great, great transition. transition. Uh, great transition. So we could have talked... This is already a week old. Mm. Could have talked about it last week. It's still going though. Still, still on social media still. Still, yeah, it's massive because... I mean, it's just... I think it, 
they've always been very well known for their story. Zane and his brother Jake. Is it Jake? Yeah. Jake. Robertson moving to Kenya when they were 16 or 17 out of New Zealand where apparently, you know, they got bullied a lot. Like they didn't, I, I'm not sure all the details, but like they moved to chase their dream of running. They've been there for, that must have been so long ago. That must have been over 10 years ago 15, now. 15, 16 years. It's been ages. Potentially. I'm not sure. And then he just tested positive for EPO, which what came from a test at the 2022 Manchester, is, it, was, is that the Great North run? The Hot Marathon. So. so a while ago now. And I think, any, I mean, that's like, I mean, he's a New Zealand athlete, so he's, you know, like a lot closer to us than some other athletes that have tested positive. But just with the context of the story and everything, and also he's just, I think he, I always get him and his brother confused. I'm pretty sure he's just been banging out like mad half marathon results are all around like 60 minutes like i think that's been him not his brother i honestly think it was jake that recently ran like 60 flat oh really yeah i'm getting confused but they've both just run like they're both they're very both broken 60 very i I think they might have i think at least zane i don't know one of them has but anyway it's just like massive story especially because like Kenya at the moment has a pretty bad reputation for doping. I think at the moment Kenya is like number three on the list of like countries with the most people serving a ban. So it's just like there's a lot of layers. Who's to number story. one? I think Russia. Russia. <laughs> I think it's like Russia, India, Kenya. India is number two. Yeah, they're like yeah. They had a lot of positive tests last year. Did they? I don't know. How much does it take for a country to be like you know like how what numbers was, are we talking? Yeah, because Russia was banned right from competing. I don't know if Russia was banned because of it was uh, the pure numbers or it's the way they were doing it. Yeah. I think that was because they confirmed it was a state-sponsored thing and not an individual thing. Uh, that was why Kenya didn't get mm-hmm. banned last not too long ago. Yeah, but that's why these the, these countries, I think there's maybe about six or seven countries that have above a certain number. So now they're on like more like high alert and their athletes have to test positive multiple times, I test negative, sorry, multiple times before they're allowed to compete at the World Champs. Kenya's one of those countries. So that's why, like, unfortunately, sometimes some of their athletes can't compete at World Champs because they haven't been tested enough. But anyway, a lot of layers to this story. And then Zane personally, he went on uh, another podcast. I think it's called Runners Only. I don't know if you'd ever heard of that. I hadn't, but I know who that guy is. He's yeah. on a bunch of radio stations at home. Yeah, like it was very legit. And it's crazy to see someone test positive and then almost the same day, an interview mm-hmm. come out about them testing positive. And I got to say, the I mean, you're going to get so much shit for testing positive for EPO regardless. And then he did this interview. And I think in my mind, from what I've seen, it actually made things worse mm. because I think there's a lot of empathy for him in terms of, well, dude, you've just like ruined your life type like the people understand i mean like it's just running so it's like mental health he's clearly gone through a lot of stuff and has been going through a lot of stuff for a long time so people empathize with that side of it but then there's also just the side of it where man like you're ruining the sport that we're all working so hard to try and make as great as possible like every time someone takes a drug it just totally ruins it and then i think i don't know how you guys felt about this but he claimed on the he said on the podcast that he only took EPO one time and then he tested positive and then it's just like dude no one's gonna believe you <laughs> like yeah it's, it's a very hard fetched story particularly when he lied beforehand saying that he was injected what he thought was a COVID vaccine from a yeah I didn't even mention that, that layer of it so that's why he's banned eight years yeah. rather than four because he came he up, lied he, he lied about the story and he said that he 
thought he was getting COVID and they injected him with EPO, I think, in a Kenyan like hospital. And, and, like, you, and you have dude, to give some empathy towards... He admitted Ken- that he made that up. Yeah. And you've got, to, you've got to give some empathy to Kenya because like, they are dealing with a lot of situations with doping, but like to have somebody, a New Zealand runner, to make that claim against a Kenyan doctor that didn't exist, that gave an EPO without a COVID vaccine, it was a bit of a... That's a bit of a tough thing to say and then lie about and then yeah <laughs> come back and say oh that was a lie like i imagine a lot of kenyan athletes who are clean and are trying their best to you know uphold the reputation of clean sport hearing that it's it i can imagine it's extremely upsetting for them yeah it just time just tarnishes the reputation a little more and it's it's such a bad story as well <laughs> like it's such tough. a bad story well, it's tough but maybe I'm, it's bad enough that it was just so obviously bullshit that yeah i think it doesn't Maybe it hopefully doesn't affect. That was, makes me very uh, concerned. I mean, the the Robertson you know? twins. I knew about them when I was little, as a runner, and I think a lot of Americans too because of their story. They were quite big, a big deal. It's an amazing. Like it's like it's, their story it's pretty was, ridiculous to yeah. think about moving to Kenya with at your brother, 17, 16 mm-hmm. years of age, and I think they had no money. No? I think they just yeah. grinded it out. I, I heard he was talking about like when they first got there, they all got like malaria. Like they went through like so much stuff to like chase their dream of being a runner. And then you think about taking EPO and it just, fuck, man, it just like ruins it all. Like it ruins, like, if it ruins was, the story for sure. Yeah. Like there's a, there was a lot of magic to that story. And it, I think, it's I think, all gone. Is, is Zane the Commonwealth Games bronze medalist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the 10K. Yeah. Glasgow. Against, yeah. Was it? That sounds, I think it is. Pretty hard to medal in that event mm-hmm. as well. Like, yeah. I think 5K. 5K? I think Willis was in it. Yeah. But it's With, just, and his brother. But for, I mean, yeah, me too. I've been like following them for a long time. When they, because they didn't finish, they didn't even finish high school. I think no, they, went, they didn't. They went one year early. But when they were like in sixth form, Hugo, my old brother, was in his senior year. And I remember watching them race like New Zealand secondary schools. And they were like third and fourth behind my brother and this other guy and it was like the freaking crazy twins that are mm-hmm. and then they went yeah. to went to Kenya and it was like you know even in New Zealand that was like I mean obviously in New Zealand it was like this is this is pretty wild but obviously it was like you know you had to have a lot of respect for them at the time because they were doing something like no one else had ever tried but then at this point and like you said with the mental health stuff I'm hopeful like it is just running and hopefully he can get that part sorted out but as a New Zealand distance runner like and I'm sure every other New Zealand distance runner is is pretty pissed like that that just doesn't represent New Zealand running at all and like it's just such a shitty image um, for us and and I don't think there probably many of our kind of generation distance runners probably associate with them very much like we don't know them they're never in New Zealand like they I've never been on a team with them so I actually like I don't even know them at all but um like I feel like New Zealand is is fortunate to have like such a good reputation generally for for the like upholding like the values of sport yeah integrity and sport and stuff so and then Maybe that's like. Maybe they should have been. How, how does the um. What. What is a an 
Athletics Federation, what is their responsibility for athletes overseas? Like for you guys? That's a great question. That's a good question. Um, I think it's the, I think it's the same. It'd be the same as New Zealand. I'm honestly the one thing I noticed. I don't want to say anything that's going to upset athletes or anything like that. But like, if you're overseas and you're getting supported overseas, I don't think the resources that AA would have are as transferable because there's different healthcare system here. There's different treatment here. Um, you might be able to have some sort of funding or some money you can use for anything. Um, that I'm sure A, A, A and what about A and Z have? What um, about like drug testing though? Drug testing? Well, are they like, paying for that? Or is, yeah, they're still they, paying they, for they it. Pay for, Sports Integrity Australia pay for that. Well, so, my testing though, like my testing when I was home, I got tested a lot by SIA. Whereas like when I'm over here, I'm usually tested by World Athletics. They're the ones that pay for it. You, we still get tested by like Australia, but I think it's just more expensive. Yeah, so they don't do it too. Obviously, it's it's a lot of resources to do and. If you're in the World Athletics Register Pool, which I am, I get tested by World Athletics and I get tested by SAIA. But SAIA tested me a lot when I was home because it was a good opportunity to do it. It's less expensive to send someone over. They know I'm going back. There was like multiple races that they could test me at. Um, so that's kind of, but they do send, I mean, Morgan and I have both been tested by SAIA um, in Boulder and they just send like, they just hire. Um, well, like, they just pay like you started to come test yeah. us. But I was thinking about that because I doubt they were tested very much in Kenya just because firstly, I doubt Athletics New Zealand has like the biggest budget for mm. or whoever the doping agency in New Zealand is. I don't is. know what it's called, but that's I, what I was thinking. I doubt like, they have that much of a budget and then Kenya is going to be pretty hard to navigate to test, get people there to test your athletes. But that seems like, I mean, shit, they probably can't tell you where to live. Like, it's obviously, you can live wherever you want, but if you've got athletes living in Kenya and Ethiopia, because I think one of them was like, the two countries widely known to be the easiest places to like to get that stuff like no that's a real thing like people like, you want to be on the like that's seems like that's kind of their responsibility to yeah i don't know if that's like to a, be testing there. i think that's a problem that they're aware of that maybe they don't have a fix yet because i know like mo farah for example got a lot of shit for training in ethiopia at a time when it's just known that it's like harder to test you if you're like in certain places so that's a that's a real issue that does exist is like athletes going a certain like i don't know it's not like it's not like everyone that goes to these places is necessarily suspicious but no, the reality is it's just more difficult to test you in certain places it's even like they used to zane and jake used to there were articles five six years ago they would come out and like say how like they were just seeing how prevalent it was like in their community people they knew like they were just like watching it being done in front of them yeah well, I think that's also where Zane lost some potential goodwill to gain is that I think I'll, because, you know, maybe it'll still come because, as we said, this is so fresh. But I think when someone does like have the type of moment where they become they're honest with it and like so he admitted that he doped he admitted that he made it up. You want them to be 100 percent honest. Like if you can if you feel like they're only being like 50 percent honest and it's like. It's not the same because at least like like Lance Armstrong, like arguably the worst doper of all time, at least he went on Oprah at the end of like, like clearly a terrible person, but at least he went on Oprah and he like actually admitted to everything and he kind of explained everything. There's two differences with that though. Lance Armstrong made millions and millions of dollars. The Livestrong Foundation, like he had nothing, he, he like was getting sued by a lot of people and all that sort of stuff. But like, what's that got to do with it? Well, if you look financially between Zane and Lance Armstrong, who is going to be more 
likely to be able to look after themselves after this happening. Like Zayn probably doesn't have much of a financial um, situation that Lance did. Like Lance went on Oprah, they probably paid him to do that. But how does how does him not telling the full yeah. truth change his financial situation? Well, I feel like he can. He feels like he can tell the full truth because at the end of the day, he knows he's going to be fine. Whereas Zayn probably is going to be bullshitting half of it because he wants to be able to figure out a way in which he can navigate and be seen as more. I don't know likable and I don't think that's helping though I think that's what we're saying I but, feel he, like by but he might half, think that I mean it's I not know. like he can go like he can't be a coach or an athlete for 8 years yeah he I, may as well like he's broken he has he holds 6 New Zealand records and he's saying that he was clean for all of them that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying he's trying to hold some sort of integrity yeah. whereas like with Lance like Lance was already done like he was pretty much yeah, I, see, it, I see what you're saying now but I yeah. think he still lost it no, I, I, I agree. I just feel like it's hard to compare it to... Him anyway. Yeah. Like, what about, like, I guess it's pretty contrast to this, the Shelby situation because Shelby, to this day, still denies um, the, like, deliberately taking uh, Nandrolone. But it's just, it's very difficult to, like, I don't know, compare it to other sports because our sport, for, for some reason, well, not some reason, but doping is, like, so prevalent... Well, it's, it's not that hard to compare to cycling. If you were going to compare not, yeah. to one sport, it's probably... I think cycling but do you is think, worse. But do you think... Yeah, so, yeah, and that's the thing with cycling. worse. Financially, like, if you, if you have this person that thinks that, okay, I'm going to start doping, try and make all this money in track, and then if I get caught, I get caught. Whereas, like, in cycling, it's the same kind of avenue. Cycling, you're probably going to be more benef- have more benefit financially than, than running, right? If he, so that's probably why if he admitted to be... For, cheating through all those six New Zealand records would he have to pay back money for those I still don't think so I think well I, I don't actually know how an admission because he probably couldn't afford to what about yeah. his medal he's called Games Bronze Medal like, I don't know that if, uh, if you admit to doping if they can actually retro I think unless you're sample test positive oh I, during the meet yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know if you're just saying you test I mean actually maybe you open yourself up to lawsuits hmm. potentially I'm, I'm not really sure how that works but because uh, was he, did he in New Zealand? Did he ever do any marketing? Any speaking? Like, did he work for any companies? Because like, I'm curious to see if like that stuff you could get lawsuited. I think it's more just he probably had a contract. Yeah. That he got paid to break records and. But and now it's like, one yeah. thing that's really sad for him, which you could tell by listening to the to the <coughs> podcast interview that he did when we said like it's just running. For him, like it wasn't just running is the sad. Like we we all have a kind of the privilege or whatever you want to call it of like we have running and then if we couldn't run, like we have like other stuff to go and do in life and hopefully ways to make money when we're done running. But the way <coughs> he just <coughs> yeah <laughs> the way the way he talked about it because he did make the decision so young to go all in on running, like he he was saying the some of the pressures that pushed him to doping were. He literally had nothing else. Like he he had like a pure financial. He's like, I gotta make money, so I gotta like get better at running. So, like when you think about it like that, man, that gets desperate. Re- it doesn't gets make real it any sad. better though. It doesn't make it like any it better. It almost makes it worse. Like yeah, how like that's gonna happen at some point, regardless if he dopes or not. He's gonna reach a point where he can no longer make money running. Yeah, you're gonna have to figure everybody, it out. Everybody that's, reaches that point. Everyone's gonna reach a point, but it's also like that's also why the doping is also so prevalent in these countries is that winning one of those marathons as a Kenyan Ethiopian will set you up yeah. for life, basically. By a farm. 
by resources. Well, this is the thing with him moving. They moved when they were 16, 17. They were so young. They had no mentor. They had no, like, kind of figure to kind of hopefully give them, you know. Like, they've got no one, really. I don't... Maybe they do have someone, but it just seems like they, they went there. They've trained really hard 15, 16 years. Like, Zane having that thought of desperation of needing money, there's no one there to tell him, hey, like, you, you, like it's always going to, this is going to come to a point at some point, you have to look at this part of life or have to look at outside of running. There's no one there to tell him that, well, which is really sad. Yeah, I don't know what their community looks like in Kenya. I assume when you're there for that long, you have, you have friends. I'm sure you do. And you have family. But I mean, they were both coach. married. One of them's like, Jake's got a kid. But like, this, but that's, that's what I'm curious to know is, was there someone there, a moral like conscience of saying of someone step, stepping up and saying like hey you, you, there's gonna be other things there's gonna be other things in life probably yeah. the other way around there's probably people yeah. well, that's, that's what I'm saying stuff well so he he, he kind of blamed his wife who I think is his ex-wife he said that she brought the EPO home and like so, so and she was telling it, him to take it for yeah years that's what he said so who knows what the truth is but yeah but that's, that's what I'm saying like it's just it's, it's tough because you just you, we'll never know we'll never know yeah the true story behind it but so that I was think, like yeah sorry go <coughs> I was gonna say I feel like that's another issue with so many having so many events in in the track world so get rid of the 10k I was I waiting for this to come no, I don't mean mm-hmm. I mean I mean like not diff, not discipline I mean actual events that there's because you know they always talk about like people need to have so many tests before like worlds or majors or whatever mm-hmm. Olympics if you're from certain countries, like the fact that there are so many events means it's so much harder to like make sure people are tested before less like more random events. Cause I yeah. feel like there should be some standard. Like if there's a meet and you can make more than like some amount of money, like everyone in that field should be, have been tested in like the, some amount of period that is, I don't know, science says that you need to be tested beforehand. That's a valid point. Because there's people like showing up to race like with on the line where there's like fifty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars on the line and like you don't need to have been tested beforehand. I mean that, that that's but if, Well yeah. what athletics does, I believe that if it's say a gold label, I think they have to have some level mm-hmm. of drug testing after it. But yeah, before I don't think I don't think anything exists before like to qualify to be able to compete in that event, but I think just for the Olympics, right? And yeah, Worlds, maybe. Yeah, I think I that's mean, it. Not to obviously, New Zealand has a great reputation, but New Zealand barely tests their athletes anyway. You haven't been tested much. Um, you probably get tested more now, you and Sam. But I, I imagine compared to like, if I look at testing for countries, the US tests a lot. They put a lot of. Mo- I they, think USADA has a lot of money. A lot of money. They te- well, they're, apparently their organization USADA is bigger than WADA. Really? Financially and like just the way it's governed, <clears throat> it's bigger than and then water and you start to butt heads about how testing should go about. This is what I'm hearing from the our American athletes, but like Australia and New Zealand, obviously smaller countries, smaller financial base. Like it's hard to to get that money to test, but I'm I'm sure like if if the structure of what athletics and diamond leagues or continental gold tours, if they just had the structure of like if you're competing in this. Um, league or whatever you want to call it you have to be getting tested before like you have to be getting tested at some point uh to be able to compete in it yeah i, I believe that it just like, it just comes down to money yeah honestly which just is like the a tough lot of thing because money shouldn't the more money you'd have in the sport then maybe the better 
more cleaner that everything would be because more testing would happen financial financial incentive yeah it's just a tough one it's It's just tough it is you know if we had if we had the the super league (laughs) the chicken boy coffee club super league whatever you you could and things were more controlled you could we need to make meet an oligarch or someone with a lot of money and just like pitch this like yeah like that would be that could be part of it but in the current way that the sport exists it's just like the wild west and it's yeah, I mean, just if so you just water stands for Wild West. <laughs> wild West, the Wild West water. This is was like, there's just not the incentive to. Well, there is obviously there is a lot of incentive, but it's hard to find the money everywhere. I think every single different aspect of the sport is is saying we need more money, we need more money, and then it gets divided, and the anti-doping is probably gets left behind often, and that's pretty sad. But it's just. I mean that's probably true of all sports. I guess it's it's hard to find like what the solution is. Because in the interview, he was still saying that like the doctors are ahead of like the anti-doping. Still, he said like it's he said EPO is actually really hard to detect for still, and he seems like he knows quite a bit about EPO. So, <laughs> so Wait, like it's hard to get caught. Or yeah, hard? he said it's really hard to detect. Just well, he said something to do with the Half Life or something, though. Like, yeah, if you just take it early. Yeah, he said it's hard to detect. I think it's because he was saying how it's because your body does naturally produce it. It is hard for them to distinguish between synthetic, like drug taken EPO and natural EPO. So I don't, I don't think we're going to fix the anti-doping problems. It's, it's we're weird. We're not going to fix it in the next half hour. <laughs> we're not going to fix it today. Unfortunately, it's it's crazy that uh, I've been waiting for so one of you guys to mention a solution so we can fix it. But. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy that in other sports how different it is because in other sports they function well with kind of just like not caring about it as much, which is really sad because I mean other sports are different. They're not as like I think a sport like like what we do is more cut and dry between like I mean all sports drugs are going to make you better, but our sport in particular drugs are very effective. Well, it's just like it's the individual aspect to it, right? Because like if you look at any sport, that's a team sport. It's a team that wins at the end of the day. But if you're one person and you're drugged up and you beat everyone, you win. You get all the prize, you get all the glory. It's one person. I think it's also because it's not a skill based. Yeah, yeah, that too. But it's funny. I was seeing all these comments on Twitter about how because a lot of people call for like life bans for anyone that's like associated with EPL or anything, which makes sense. And then in other sports where they have like players unions. They even like protect themselves from drugs, you know. Like if a sport has a players' union, like I think they make it so that their punishments for taking drugs aren't as bad, which is crazy to think about. Aren't as bad? Yeah, they like they protect each other. What kind of sports? Like baseball. Really? <laughs> I'm guessing. I don't. I don't. I think. Dude, like what about baseball. the the freaking NFL, NFL. with like yeah. NFL like domestic abuse and all sort of stuff? It's like six weeks off. Is it? It's like shit like that. I don't know if that's true. I'm pretty sure I've seen stuff where like there's been allegations of like abuse or assault and then the, the players only get like three or four matches off yeah or even like taking some sort of drug or i know steroid. i know in like the nfl they can get caught for taking drugs and it's like not that bad yeah like they can come back pretty quick from it but that was kind of a random side i think overall it's just another you reckon, okay for, for, just to go back to your point lifetime bans as it there's no lifetime bans at, the, at this current point like if you test positive I don't it's know. Only maybe, the max eight years? I, no, I'm pretty sure if you did it enough times, you get like ten man. <laughs> well, like I'm sure I, there's something that there was, a, there was an American sprinter that got caught a couple of times, and he still was able to compete a lot. Who? Creed. Gatlin. Gatlin. Yeah. I think he. I think he was banned for quite a bit, but also I think he got off on some of his 
Disposable twice, but one time he got out of it or something. Yeah. I don't know masseuse. how he blamed his masseuse. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> Easy way to do it. I, I think, I like think like first like him, time like, is four years. I think second time is probably eight to ten years. I mean, years. for Zane, he, like a, four years or eight years, it was that's a lifetime ban. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's done. I, I'm, I'm not certain on this, but I assume if you got caught for EPO three times, you get banned, you'd get banned for life. You'd expect that, yeah. I can't, but yeah, people call for like straight away lifetime bans which I mean it makes sense I guess then you would be talk- you would be thinking about the people that like a Peter Ball situation yeah where the false positive and they're really getting screwed the atypical result for B-Sample yeah yeah inconclusive like that situation is I mean he I think he went on a current affair Australian listeners will know what current affair is but that's like a 60 minute kind of talk show where they talk about it and it's just, yeah, that with the Zane Robinson thing now, it's it's just, yeah, it's, it seems to be coming up a lot now. <laughs> People getting caught. Yeah, I mean, it's been, yeah. I, I don't know if that, what it is, but I think that, I think always people are testing positive in our sport, and that's one of the really sad things. But, yeah, overall, I think our takeaways are, like, nothing revolutionary. It's just, like, I think it's just, like, sucks. And then so I what, think... It's just the Wild West. It's the Wild West yeah. out there, and I think... <laughs> His statement, unfortunately, his podcast interview, unfortunately, afterwards, like, didn't make things better. It kind of made things, like, look very bleak for him. So, yeah, I do empathize for him, but it's like, man, he took EPO. Like, I think the way to look at it, and maybe this will lead nicely into our next segment, is uh, the word from Olev is the best way to look at it is that if you're doing, if you're doing everything you can and you're kind of at this level, then you hope that you can just beat everyone taking drugs yeah. that, are, that are trying to microdose and do it right and then the other ones are going to get caught. So That's a good way of looking at it. But, because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, for us, the reason why I find it hard to, I find it really hard to empathize with a drug cheat because I think we're probably all pretty similar in this. Is like, like, if you think about, like, your why, like, why you actually do this sport and why you, why you are so committed to it and, like, what you're chasing... If you took drugs, it just none of it would make sense. Like if we're, for example, for myself, just simplistically, it's like I want to see how great I can be. Well, no shit, I could be better if I took drugs or if I cheated. But it's like, then what would the point be? So I find it so hard to empathize. And then, but we are aware that it's out there. So you can't, but you can't spend all day being depressed and uh, jaded about it. It's very easy to do that. Just some of the day. It's really easy to do that. And that's the one thing that like, yeah. We're in a sport that we, like, all three of us are super competitive athletes and we want to be the best version of ourselves. And it's tough when you're trying to be the best version of yourselves and then all of a sudden you just see these people testing positive and cheating and particularly people that you could potentially look up to as well. Mm-hmm. Like, that's extremely tough pill to swallow mm-hmm. when you believe and have the impact of somebody just being able to crush and be able to do their thing be the best version of themselves and then you find out that they're a cheater it's just very hard to like Morgan said empathize with it yeah but as George mentioned Good Olav our uh, I guess he's our advisor now <laughs> technically <laughs> Santara Tech uh, what's, do you know his last name I'm not sure what his name is So Olav the Norwegian Olav the Norwegian the other Norwegian he is the coach of a couple of recent on pickups in the triathlon world I'm just, sure just, just small pickups you, you, small you might have heard of them yeah little ones 
Mr. Christian Blumenfeld and Gustav Eden, the current reigning Olympic and Ironman champions, respectively. So, and he's their coach. So he's a big deal. And he has a company called Santerra Tech that's not sponsored content, just to give context. And the way, no that, the, way that, <laughs> <laughs> the way that he operates is, uh, it's it's different, but it's like stereotypical, like, oh, this guy's from Norway. Because he does all the lactic testing, mm. all the stuff that you hear about Jakob Ingebrigtsen, and he does that plus a ton more. Mm. And so he, because he has this association with On Now, so these his athletes have On sponsorships, but then his company is also contracted to On to... I don't really know how to explain it, but essentially like to help the other, like on help their athletes. So help us in a way. So he's been talking with Dathan for a few months now. And God, fin- I'd love to be on those conversations. <laughs> I would love to be on those conversations. It would be crazy. Where, but oh. he finally came out to visit this past week and start kind of explaining to us how he operates and how, what he has become an expert on throughout his life, how that can be applied to our training and help us get a little bit better. And He's got a lot of nuggets. He's one of those people who you can go listen to him. He's done, he's done some, he's so many YouTube videos on him. Uh, you could look him up or you can even go listen to say the Rich Roll podcast. He's on there like big time. He's, he's, he's big time. And he's so confident when he speaks. He's like expert. He's an engineer, just like nerds out on everything. Everything has to be like perfect. And he has an answer to every single question. So listening to him talk is very, very interesting because in many ways, it is different from how we've all operated uh, up to this point, but we've <laughs> we've seen the rise in our sport of lactic testing, yeah, yeah. doing all that type of stuff. And he's just he's kind of the guy who's like he's the way he explained to us is like he's like the one who does it like by far the best because he was even so he advised. Uh, I don't know how much of this is like public, but like he's like an advisor to the all the Norwegian team stuff. So like Jakob, for example. Mm. But he even said like Jakob's like not doing it correctly. He pretty <laughs> much said no one's doing it correctly but him. That's kind of what he said. Yeah. Um, which is mentor in life. That was the funniest thing was when I asked him. I asked him this quite. He was going through kind of all the information because we did some stuff in a long run, and he. I asked him a question about double threshold. And he knew exactly who I was talking about. And he looked me dead in the eye. Well, you did, said, always, you did also say when you asked the question, there's someone that I race against. Did I say that? Yeah. yeah. Okay, it kind of slipped out. But he kind of went through it all and he's like pretty much saying that he knows how to do it and they're not doing it correctly. I don't know how true that is. Well, he said he said that... I they think, don't know what to do with the data, yeah, I think. That yeah. was the main thing is they don't know what to do with the data. Um, but side note, just because I want you guys' opinion, um, Olaf's kit... When he turned to the track, would you guys, yeah or nay, the way he looked, just to oh, the visualize fit. the I, fit. I wasn't there, so I can't you speak to vi- To visualize it, to Morgan, he was wearing on shoes. He was wearing these woolen socks that were up to his knees, shorts. Sweet shorts. Sweet shorts. Massive beanie, like it was like a cone on his head. Um, he was wearing a uh, Sherpa jacket. Parker. Parker jacket. And then an orange, like uh, the, the puffy vest thing. He looked so Norwegian. Yeah, it was like crazy. Was that sounds like the most stereotypical Scandinavian. And he just, and he like just kind of woolen socks and sandals. Yeah, he like, just yeah. wore shorts, and yeah. it was like twenty five degrees. He was like freezing. He just, he just, so he just struts in, and then like you just see Dathan looking at you guys. Well, you can tell he's Norwegian. Yeah, that's that's amazing. <laughs> it was so good. Electric. He's like, you're wearing shorts. Why are you wearing shorts? Like, Rich is like yelling at him, and he's like looking around, going, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> But I just can't believe you didn't finish the story. The story about uh, 
collecting all of Christine oh and Christian's um, feces, yeah. feces samples <laughs> for yeah. the like the year. No, well, like, he, how long was no, this he's, he, Apparently, he's starting to do that now. He hasn't done that before. Yeah, he's, he's, like, he's doing next training camp. He sounded like now. he's doing it for months. Which yeah. I don't he's, get. I, he's, um, just, a, yeah. just a backwards story that he's a, he's an engineer, but he's also like this guy that's obsessed with like he just data experiments everything. Like he loves data because we were talking about we were at the gym, and Olaf was sitting down on his computer just whizzing away, and uh, we talked about Coffee Club with Adam, who's also a part. Uh, I think he's a partner of the company with uh, Olaf, and Coffee came into the conversation, and you just see Olaf's head pop up, and he comes over and he shows me like. He measures like all the, the density, the type of bean, like every the type of espresso shot, the amount of caffeine in it. He has all this data on just coffee. Like he's crazy. He's just crazy. Like yeah. uh, Morgan, I brought Morgan and George around to like check it out, and we were, all three of us were just looking at it. And I thought he thought that we were like experts on coffee, you know, because of coffee. Club. I had no idea about anything he was. Saying. Yeah, me neither. And he's like, "You guys got coffee club," and then he just showed us all this data. I was following it for like thirty seconds, and then he kept going for another like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was, and the rest of it was just like it was so over the. It top. was really over the top, but it was pretty cool though. I thought it was cool. It was cool because he can like measure and do the exact same shot that he did like two years ago off this data that he made. Yeah, it's but crazy. so not only does he do it with coffee, he does it with his athletes as well, <laughs> <laughs> and. So the way that he, I think this would be interesting for people watching because I know a lot of people that are more, not like people coaching themselves, but obviously people want to try, people want to know what the kind of the next thing is in the sport or what like the top guys are doing. And he's the two athletes in the triathlon have kind of taken over the triathlon world. And I'm not an expert in it, but it seems like they've taken it over in like a pretty short period of time. Like they're like, they're like so good. Yeah. And He's just like, it's just like these two athletes that he coaches. I don't know how many other athletes he coaches. I know he like consults on a lot of other stuff, but like it is, he knows how to have like amazing performances with these guys. It's very successful. Mm -hmm. And they, they went from doing short course to long course, doing like the Olympic distance to the Ironman in like a year. And then he was already like the Kona, like world champion. He has the records and everything. Apparently. So yeah. it, it was crazy. The results. He reckons they're like five to 10 years ahead of, I don't know. The rest, the, of the, the rest of the world in yeah. terms of what he's doing with the stuff and like the level he's at yeah but which is hopefully what he that's kind of what he's trying to share with us and we're gonna to start to so should we share it with uh with the listeners or should we keep it a secret for now i feel like we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to <laughs> we wouldn't yeah if i don't, we I don't it, even if we tried to explain it i don't think we could do it justice <laughs> yeah and people wouldn't understand what the fuck we're talking it's about also anyway. very intense and very expensive very intense very expensive yeah. i mean like let's take Measuring is a small part of it. Let's just let's just make it clear now, though. Two of us on this podcast aren't doing that "quote unquote" testing. We weren't supposed to do the testing. They're only doing a couple of athletes. Only the elite. Only the elite. elite. Only the elite. Only the people that Dathan, Dathan wants. Morgan <laughs> McDonald, superstar. Dathan only wants these certain people to do it. Should we mention who they are? I don't think it's that big of a deal. Okay, Alicia. <laughs> Alicia, big surprise. Alicia, Joe, big surprise. Sage and. Chicken boy morgs. Chicken boy morgs. <laughs> the funny thing about me is like, dude, how am I going to do the testing? I can't even run. <laughs> like, what are you saying? That go, was the go, best go, thing. Go every walk, every go, meeting. Go every, walk on the treadmill. Every meeting, Olaf is going through. It's like, yes, yeah, so we're going to have... Oh, that's Russian. Um, <laughs> I can't do it all. It's kind of close enough. It's kind of we're going to have Morgan. We're going to have Joe, Sage, and Alicia going to be doing this testing. This is good. And that then, was really good. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Morgan's saying, they're going, yeah, I can't run. <laughs> Did Bruce not tell you that? But, okay, I think we need to tell the people kind of 
what it actually looks like for us to make it more because we're just speaking very generally right now but he 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 loves data so he'll get data on as much as possible that means like wearing the fanciest garmin oh, 24 hours a day and getting all this stuff that that can tell you wearing the heart rate monitor whenever you're training getting your power data so in the running world hmm. wearing that swiss engineer the, the foot pods which I, I don't understand how they work and then when you're doing training taking your lactate reading so doing the pricking your fingers or the ears and taking your blood so it's just like a lot goes into it and pretty much for us the big thing with our team is that there's been so much success already so he's not going to really change anything but for now it's just collecting data and getting kind of like the routines of like how to do the testing down because the way it works is you have the te- you get all these numbers in training but the training the the numbers don't mean anything uh just like it's just a shot in the dark just looking at the numbers and trying to interpret them to be able to interpret them you have to go into the lab and do what they call a step test which is where it's it's a test that I think there's probably a lot of different ways to do it, but it's kind of like a VO2 max test where you run on a treadmill uh, at a certain speed and then it's called a step test because I'm not sure how, they, how we're going to do it, but say every five minutes, maybe the speed will, they'll, they'll, you'll stop, take the lactic and then you go back on and then it'll step up. So your speed will go up and then the gradient of the treadmill will start going up. And if you do it correctly, you should get this nice curve for your lactic. I think your heart rate should be pretty much a straight line ish and but you should have a nice is it an exponential curve for your lactate where mm-hmm. it should stay pretty stable initially at the lowest speeds and then at some point it should have a pretty big upward swing where your lactic just starts spiking and it depends on what you're training to right well so everyone will have their own this is the thing everyone will have their own individual curve, curve yeah. and that's why it, it's so specific to you so what might still be stable on someone's curve at a lactic reading of four millimoles, that might already be on someone else's like upwards mm. part. And so the way this goes into like what is threshold training and all that. So your like your lactic threshold should be where the curve is still stable. And so that's I mean, this is like the most simplistic, probably bad explanation of it. But the point of lactic training is you when you you want you want to run at a speed or an effort that doesn't go beyond that curve because then you're getting too much lactic in your body and you're not doing like effective threshold training. You're overdoing it essentially if your goal is to do threshold training. So you want to do this testing, find your levels, and then you can use the information that you get from this testing to guide your training. So when you do a threshold workout, when you're doing mile repeats, once you know what your numbers should be, you can take your readings during the workout and say, all right, like this pace, I'm getting this amount of lactic, so I'm doing it correctly. And then over time, you can go back and continue to do these step tests every month or six weeks, and according to your training, you can change your curve. So that's where Olaf's specialty expertise comes in is he is the mastermind behind interpreting the data looking at your curve saying all right this is a 10k runner so we want to change their curve slightly in this way this is an 800 runner so we want to change their curve slightly in this way so like you look at the training you got planned and like maybe you want to do more of this maybe you don't need to do as much of this essentially that's kind of a simplistic way of um explaining it because then it gets so deep into like how you actually want to train and stuff because the thing with Olaf is he showed us a graph 
between which was like directly correlating volume and performance essentially so his belief is that the more volume you do the better you perform so more is more, more is more it's pretty much the, the my favorite diagram the more you fuck around the more you find out exactly so that's the best way of yeah. saying it and that's so the why more you fuck around the more you f- more directly you fuck. proportional those two yeah. things and so that's why I mean, it, it kind of makes sense right <laughs> that's why you should be doing double threshold because well i mean we even got the get, triple threshold at one point that's why you should be doing triple threshold because yeah. you can get in more quality volume and then that's going to make you a better runner mm. so but he says you have to be as smart as him not to screw it up yeah <laughs> don't try it on your own you have to you have to hire him to to write your training <laughs> but it's like because there is a bit of a disconnect there because with us it's clearly not the case that more volume equals more performance because otherwise why exhibit would, a why george would, beamish why would we not just all run 150 miles a week at seven minute pace you know what i mean yeah because we're at not, some point the, we're, because we like we, that sounds fucking terrible at some I, point the wine doesn't yeah doesn't the way i i'm not an expert but the way i've always viewed it is that everybody has the perfect like volume like the perfect point where they're gonna hit that maximum performance right before it starts dropping off before it, drops, before it goes like this <laughs> right so for example george and myself we're different runners we do different volume but i believe we also have different um like optimum like volume to performance ratio right whereas like there's going to be athletes in our team that can train less but reach that the best optimum performance that they can have than other runners even if they're doing the same event so the volume performance thing makes sense but i feel like the one thing that we've done really well with our training and with our group is that dathan's individualized everyone to have like their best kind of trajectory of optimal volume to optimal performance whereas like it seemed like with olaf like yeah more is better if you do it the correct way with threshold well i mean it's it's crazy to try and compare the fact that he's currently well i guess they're going back to the olympic distance now but that might be true if you're racing the ironman because yeah how many miles are you doing an ironman pretty low intensity and what intensity yeah you're you're, the fastest you're running is i'm not sure what marathons they're running but i don't think they're under are they under 230 marathons i think gustav split like 235 or something like so compare that to the paces that we're trying to what our race paces are it's so different that's where dathan comes in and like dathan's very big on specificity uh which <laughs> which for us is, steps in <laughs> which is us running between like 1500 and 5k pace yeah which you can only do so much of that well sage for example like sage is a pure 800 runner like all olaf's threshold stuff would be interesting to see how that goes with sage because she's well she has some very very interesting takeaways for training because i i yeah it i mean not to give away people's data but i think it's interesting when it shows like if if it was to show you that you don't need to do as much yeah i don't don't think it's actually ever going to impact our training that much one percent you said right one percent changes which is very very small but it'd be interesting if you did take away like oh yeah i don't need to do like I can get on my threshold training in my long run. I don't. I can just do two speed workouts, mm. 
like for the rest of the week that that type of stuff would be interesting to take away but yeah it's only one percent and one percent is nothing george like that's oh, what i was because you actually don't need to train anymore one percent is not perfect. much and and it, it is the difference it can be a difference between winning a gold medal and not one percent but also one percent is not much if you want to have one percent of the beamish farm like if you just ask your dad and say hey ollie wants one percent of the beamish farm i'm sure it's not a it's only one percent. Always pitching um, for one percent. It's only one percent, but one percent can be be big if you're at that top top level. So it, it also is very interesting because I think Olaf and Dathan are two. Obviously, they expect respect each other very much, and um, it was pretty cool seeing them work together. But they're very different coaches, so Definitely. that was cool to see the contrast and comparison to to both of them. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting now, just from a data collecting standpoint. It's just. It is interesting just to have more data and try, attempt to understand. Because the reality is with training and what we do, I think most of it we don't understand from... Uh, there's just so much unknown out there. Like mm. science can only tell you so much, but it's still fun to have data and stuff to look at. It's just it's just interesting. Or how you say in the States, data. Data. Um, George, have you ever had your lactate tested? Negative. I haven't either, but somebody I at have. this coffee club, yeah, you've been tested when you were 17, right? Yeah, throw back to the N-Swiss Labs, young Morgan, young on, the, on the hamster wheel. I had that done when I was 17. And did did Olaf look at the uh, your curve? <laughs> he, did didn't look, your curve? he didn't look at my curve, unfortunately. <sighs> that was nine years ago now. I would have loved to see his I'm reaction a different, to your I'm curve. a different human. My curve was pretty nice at the yeah, time. Yeah, I bet it was nice. It was nice. <laughs> <laughs> It's a nice curve. I had a nice curve. curve. I don't know what it looks yeah. like now. It's probably not as nice anymore. Yeah, yeah. But you had a nice curve. flat line. I would love it if you just showed him a picture of it and then all of his piece goes, oh, that's a nice curve. Yes. That's the, the, the thing. Nice is curve. Like, I mean, when we talk about 1% changes, marginal gains, which has such a bad reputation because people just think of Team Sky and drugs. Is, that what, they, is that what they called it? Yeah, like the cycling team. Oh, the cycling team. Like Ineos. I thought you think I was talking to a team in track. I was like, who the hell team Sky? No, no, they're big. So they 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 made the term marginal gains very popular, and but they were talking about so much different stuff. They're the guys talking about like the mattress you sleep on and yeah. all that. But Stewie then, has a great saying with it. But then it gets into so, like sounds like athlete three sixty. <laughs> yeah, Stewie McSwain. He he said that in we did the relay in Melbourne. Apparently, it says, it says a lot. When you're talking about racing, and he's like, "Find a second. Let's find a second. Like, yeah. I like that kind of term. Really? Yeah, he was saying that in the relay. He's like, "All we gotta do is go find a second. We just gotta find a second to be better." And I was like, "Damn, I like that term." That is a good one, especially when you, you race like the fifteen hundred and your PB. He's like, well, one second is a lot." Like, when you when you go into a race, like, just find a second somewhere. Just find it. Just is, go find it. That is smart. But looking at the marginal gain stuff in training and all that, it's like it has a kind of a bad reputation, but it makes sense for for people like you guys and say joe i mean most of the people on the team now have put in two to three years of amazing training Blood, i'm not sure sweat, how long tears. How, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure what you're up to now george but you've been training at a high level for two years now yeah um without major setback yeah without yeah. major setback and then so it's like once you get to that level and you've been putting in those weeks, it's like, yeah, let's let's look other other places. When I look at myself, I'm like, bro, I just need to like run. <laughs> like, I don't need to know. I don't need to know. Like, you don't need marginal gains. I don't need. You I need, need maximum. You just need gains. I need big gains. Yeah, I'll take the big gains. But those right would now. be easy gains. Yeah, those are the easy gains. You looked good 80, running. 20. You looked good running on the boost today. I must say. Thank you. Seventy percent body weight. Yeah. does does wonders. You feel good. I feel oh, okay. I was going to see that data. 
Let's see when you oh, see yeah. body <laughs> Morgan is absolutely He's ready fine. to go. He's ready to go. His efficiency, amazing. We but, should be testing him now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just you like. You should just do your step test on the boost. Yeah, let's do it. I'll, I'll crash it. Maybe I'll, that's I'll what they'll so, do. I'll have, maybe I'll have the best numbers ever. Yeah. My ma- curve will be so good. But, just be a straight line. <laughs> but this is where I, I would say that I can relate it more to the average runner, perhaps our listeners, where it's like like everyone wants there to be like some little thing they can change or some like thing they can buy to make them like better but i think i'm in the same boat as most of the people listening where it's like you just gotta like run like you just gotta put together weeks of training and it's like you can't really get distracted by uh this other stuff like that stuff yes it like me doing the testing now yeah it's it'll it could inform me and guide me and help me still and it's a long-term thing it's not like a short-term thing so it's not bad but it's like i'm pretty sure that i know what i have to do to get better whereas maybe for someone like like ollie like obviously consistent training yes you need to do that but it's like what if there was something you could slightly change because you've ticked you tick all the boxes maybe diet could put that in there yeah don, I um, <laughs> but i don't think all those testing personality personality <laughs> needs to get another tick um care and affection uh well i mean i still run by the the principles that i got from wisconsin particularly uh mcburn he said you gotta run with three things your head your heart and your kahunas he said don't run with one of them run with all three that's smart. Run with your brain that's use your brain advice. use your heart know how you feel and when it gets tough use your kahunas I like that. How do you fit that in with Mike Smith's philosophy? Um, well, to be able to chop wood and carry water, you've got to be use all, using all three as well. You've got to be uh, think think about chopping the wood. Your heart's in there when you go in to collect the water and your kahunas. Make sure you don't hit your kahunas when you're walking with all that wood and water. Back to the uh, NAU Lumberjack Training Camp, um, Mike Smith Collective Training Camp. With Mike Smith Collective, when are they going to do a, like an emblem or a logo? Do you have any idea? You should make one for them. Don't 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 do that to me. I will I will make you, one. You could you could just start making all this team content for them and just send it to them. What if I would you reckon they'd be upset if I made a Mark Smith Collective Instagram and just yeah, started make, making make, content? make merch for them? Yeah, and just sold it and then hundred okay. percent profits okay. go to coffee club. Okay. Do you think this would be immoral or unethical for us on April Fools to sell Mike Smith merch? <laughs> <laughs> That sell like fucking hotcakes. How much? How many? How many units? How quickly can we can we put this together? Yeah. How fast can we move? I have a photo of him. You just go. We've only got four days. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. We're gonna release the April Fool's merch pack. This is just a chop wood carry water. Yeah. We could also with the April Fool's pack have a thanks. Go to sleep. Thanks for being a fan. Go to sleep, and then we just forge his signature on. Is that bad to profit off that? I don't think so. I think he'd be happy about it. He, he'd make some lesson about it. In. Yeah. He'd make some lesson about it, wouldn't he? Yeah, someone's gonna do it. Someone's gonna cash in on all that. So, yeah. My main takeaway from the week was that if you want to go fast, you just need to have a lot of carbs. Oh. <laughs> Dude, when I he was... know what you're talking about. He, he he made this massive graph, which the end the, point is the last thing was velocity. And the first, there was a bunch of complicated stuff in the middle, but the first step was just carbs. It's calories, just getting in calories, calories, in. Calories, calories, yeah. calories, calories, calories in, velocity out. It's like, oh, you just made the calories in bigger. The end's going to get the bigger. Velocity's going to get it's bigger. It's obvious. Let's eat as much food as we can and train as been, much as we can. I've been trying. Seriously. Well, that's the thing with. The, that's what's made Ollie so good. Though. What about Yard? Yard fucking eats like anything. You, Calorie you guys, man. You actually, Yard does eat a lot. You guys eat a lot. 
but you your eating patterns are different <laughs> you're more of a binge <laughs> what's the word binge and then fast well ollie intermittent ollie isn't weird he's actually normal to he's like a normal human being where he just eats like three big or two big meals because you don't really eat breakfast often no so you just I, eat two I, I big struggle. meals this is the thing that I, maybe it's the coffee but i struggle to eat breakfast in the morning i struggle and then when I get to lunch, I can eat a fuck ton. And then when I get to dinner, I can eat a shit ton as well. And then it's the next day. Fuck ton plus a shit ton. Lots of calories. <laughs> but see, that's kind of how, that's how a normal person that doesn't train a lot eats as well. Whereas I think most high-level athletes are feeling like they always have to eat. Well, this is the issue because Olaf said that if you have a quick metabolism and you're eating a lot, it means that your, your body's extremely efficient, which means it's really good at its job. That tells me that my body's not good at its job because it, it's eating. I'm not hungry by the morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not eating correctly. I mean, maybe I need to play more video Olaf games. Olaf can say what he wants about your body, but clearly he is good at his job because he can run a 330 mile. I mean, 1500. 330 mile, <laughs> fuck yeah. Um, so but yeah. so it, is, it is very good at his job. But yeah, that's... I, that's that's why I'm carving up right now, guys, with water. Smart. It's from the canal. Yellow water. Yummy. There but, are carbs in there. <laughs> are there carbs, carbs in this? For sure. Has to be. For sure. For sure. Always drinking a beer for people that are listening at home to spoil it. But so that was... Um, Oh, past week of training updates. I will keep you guys updated as to how it uh, changes our lives, which I don't think it will very much. But we'll see what happens. We're mostly it's just bragging. Yeah, we're working with uh, we're working with uh, one of the best one of the best coaches in the world. Oh, we were already working with one of the best coaches Rich! in the world. So <laughs> now we got two of them. Take that. Uh, uh, I was going <laughs> to name a different group that doesn't have one of the best coaches in the world, but I won't do that because what group is that? don't know let's move on let's move on <laughs> moving on so this has been another one of those episodes where i think we've already talked for over an hour and we haven't hit any of the q a yet but i think it's a great q a <laughs> another great q a episode in the books so i think we'll have to do some quick ones to make up for it q a number one has george ever participated in a haka which also on a side note tom wang just randomly texted me asking me that question as well <laughs> was and, this from tom was this separate? no no someone also had it in uh-huh. the actual q a i uh, asked santana this as well, when I was on uh, many, was on, many, yeah. uh, you know, Tanner can throw down a good hacker. Well, apparently can. the schools, different schools have different hackers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I went to three different uh, kind of schools that had hackers. So I learned three different hackers over the years. It's probably a video out there on on YouTube somewhere. I committed. If you if you had to, it was, if, if I love doing them. If yeah, you had to fun. do your own hacker now before race, which one would you choose? <laughs> honestly i i couldn't remember any of them but the my last high school one was is what i would it only wouldn't take me long to relearn it um gotta bring it up we, we would have like hockey competitions like like house like if you have a house sport we would like house rugby house hockey house so i would have house hockey competitions people what, gotta look it up what would, um what was the all blacks like fa- famous hockey what one is that called? yeah they every time okay. uh, they got two kamati Kamati is the one like Kamati, Kamati, and then the one where they go down on the knees, the long ones. Oh yeah, yeah. That's one they do for big games. I'll never forget when I was a little kid. I was watching because the haka like is intimidating. No one can deny that it's an intimidating thing when you got big blokes doing it. Big blokes from New Zealand um, doing the haka, 
But the interesting thing was Australia thought, you know what? We're not afraid. We're going to go and move straight up to them while we're in their face while they're doing the haka. Do you remember this? Well, other countries have done that as well. The Wallabies were doing this in one of the test matches. Test, I don't I know. The English like have done that. Yeah, they the did English it. They walked up. And, as, who was the... Is it not Sonny? When they sing Waltzy Matilda? <laughs> nah. Dude, that'd be fucking sweet if they did. Um, don't they sing in the stadium? Waltzy Matilda? Probably. Or yeah. is it the other one? No, Walsing Matilda is the one yeah. they sing a lot, yeah. But they went up to like, they all moved up together in a, like a huddle, long line huddle, and they went up to the, the Kiwis performing the haka. We got smashed 42 0. That was like, the, that was probably going to happen. Yeah. Right <laughs> I love how this is Tanner's new uh, race line. I was, haven't seen was, it. What's his start it? line thing? Like, when the camera pans, he goes like this. There's a haka start line. It's pretty, he did that for Com Games. Are you, you going to do that? At, uh, at your first no, I'm race? Gonna, I'm not going to steal his. No, but yeah. you can do one like that. Your own version of Stick it. Stick your tongue out. <laughs> Dude, that'd, be sick. that'd be very intimidating. No, the haka is sweet though. If, if people don't know what we're talking about, look H- it up. H-A-K-A. Look it up on... Look up the All Blacks doing it. Look on, up George Beamish haka. Look up George Beamish doing it and then look at the All Blacks doing it. Compare them. Uh, it's, <laughs> compare the pair. It's it's amazing to see it happen before a massive, ten, intense sports match. So very sick. Hopefully, George brings it out at a race soon. Would love to see that. Uh, Can you do it after winning a race, or would that be weird? It's more of a pre pre thing. Thing makes sense. Yeah, it's got to happen before. It's got to happen before. Then. It's just the it's just the way it is. Uh, next one, favorite Lord of the Ring character. Oh, I know mine. It's pretty obvious. Go ahead. Same last Gamgee. Samwise, that's a really good like, pick. Like the thing is, Gandalf is pick. Gandalf is up there for sure. Like, I mean, that's an amazing character. But I love Samwise because it's like friend, the friendship between him and Frodo, mm-hmm. and he's just so pure to me. I also like him because he's just yeah, I don't know. He's just he, he's just he's just a good time. He definitely lights awesome. me up, makes me feel good. He touches you in the touches right spots. Me in the right spots. What's yours, Mon? Mine is definitely Legolas. But I think that's mostly just because he's just so cool in the movies and Orlando Bloom just like looks so hot playing him. <laughs> Honestly, you tell you who's also a sleeper pick. I, I don't want to take your pick away from you. From- All right, I'll go quick. I, it used to be Legolas when I watched it because I thought the Bon Arrows was sick. Yeah. But now I'm, I'm honestly... Ollie is a big Lord of the Rings fan here. I'm, I'm not very... I don't even know if I've seen all the movies. What? Um, I love... Yeah. But I like... Mary and Pippin? Mary and Pippin, yeah, they're good. Yeah, that duo. The, sleep, the, the, duo? the sleeper pick for they're me, fine. and it's named after, he's named after a cat of, of our friend, Zack Snyder, Gimli. Yeah. Gimli is probably an amazing, he's an amazing character in the books as well. Legolas, is, there's not much of Legolas in the books really. He's a bit plain. Gimli, fucking amazing in the movies, amazing in the books. Gandalf, you know, Gandalf has got, the Gandalf-Dumbledore argument is like they're both old, wise men who have beautiful views of the world and see the best in small people. To create big things, that's like the whole idea of it. Um, but I do love Samwise because he just, you know, he freaking he was the gardener. He wasn't even like he was a gardener of a guy who had to go and like take a ring into Mordor. Pretty much was gonna die. It was a suicide mission, and he did it with him. And he was committed to bringing him back. He had a pot and pan. He'd try and cook for him all the time. It was Dude, awesome. When I was younger, I would be so jealous of like the stew that he uh-huh. made. I was like, man, I want to eat that so bad. You know what I always wanted to try? Is it called limbread? What's the... Oh, that's the elven bread. Yeah, it's... Elven bread. It's the one you take one bite and then you're full. Lavish bread, yeah. It's, it's apparently... It? It's really good for traveling. Elves don't eat too much, so... Oh, he knows all the lore. I, well, people might correct me on this because people might know more than me, but elves don't eat too much. Like, they're pretty... They're very, very sophisticated, kind of a bit snobbish. They've got a past eating. Yeah, they they're are, immortal. Yeah. They'll do it. They can only be yeah. killed. 
like they can live for unless they um marry mortal and die of a broken heart which is what aragon Elwyn did um because like if you marry a mortal man and you make that decision to be with a mortal man there's like repercussions just means you die you die of a broken heart which is there's all this law J.R. talking uh, let's talk about it anyway <laughs> getting back to it hobbits love eating that's the whole thing about hobbits they're very homely they love to have like what about second breakfast they're just having a good time they're just having a good time they eat a lot and uh, dwarves are the same so with the laminate spread it was quite funny there's a, there's a scene in the book um, where Legolas I think it's in the films too but it might have been cut it might be an extended edition Legolas says he goes laminate spread this will like take one bite of this you'll be full for a day and then Pippin and Mary just sitting there and goes, how many did you eat? And he goes, seven. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. So the, like, it's, yeah, They're I so love good. all the rings. I'm I'm actually thinking about rereading the book, particularly The Hobbit. The Hobbit's a great I've never read them before. I need to get some. I was going to say, some, particularly you two that are fantasy like, buffs. I'm surprised you like haven't read all the rings. Like, Lord of the Rings is not even that long. No, like it's very months. dense with information. But once the, the story gets moving. Do you have the book? Uh, I have it at home. Hmm. We get I, I think no. Did we? Did I buy the Hobbit? I'm not sure. It might be in the bookshop. Upstairs. I've read the Hobbit. I haven't read the big one. The Hobbit's great. Yeah, Hobbit is great. Um, this just made me remember last week. Someone flamed us for spoiling Game of Thrones. Did we spoil it, dude? Someone was fucking mad. I can't remember I if we spoiled we it. Oh, I think maybe because we said that the okay, editing, we're the spoiling ending of the books, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The end oh, of the book, no, we, someone, did, we did spoil yeah, it. Yeah, somebody died at the end of the book. Yeah, because we, we said what where the who, books were up to. Who but, the fuck hasn't seen yeah, it? Yeah, who hasn't who hasn't read that yet? That's the problem. Well, like, no, who hasn't or se- seen, up seen it? It came out years ago. You yeah. can't complain about a spoiler. We did spoil I think it. They, they're talking about the spoilers in the books, right? But also, like, the books have been out for fucking years. Like, you should have read them. So is the show. I'm going to assume that we did a spoiler warning. No, we, we didn't. Oh, we didn't? We didn't. Okay. Apologies. So, apologies on us, but also, the person that's upset about that spoiler, you should have read them already. Come on. Chop, chop. Seriously, you're living in the past. Living in the past, mate. Get into it. But it's anyway, 2022. Th- there's a lot of other things we didn't spoil. So just look forward to that. We I didn't spoil everything. I didn't mention that I was watching Clarkson's Farm in my thing. Is there, is there like another season? Yeah, another you know, season? I've already finished it. He's come up well. with a beer, you know that, right? Yeah, a Hawks, lager. Hawks have, you, have you seen the, the advertisement <laughs> so for it? Funny. He's sitting there, he opens up a beer, he takes a sip, and he goes, there's nothing better than starting your day than a Hawkson's lager. Goodbye, dear. And he puts the beer down and goes to work and she's just sitting there on the couch. Such a funny uh, commercial. Anyway, That'll be us one day. Tyson's Farm. Dude, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Great show. Uh, yeah. Also, Ted Lasso. Ted, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso episode two. I haven't seen it yet. You slacking? I'm slacking. I haven't seen episode one. I'm saving them up for now. Are you gonna? Do you gonna binge them? Mm, I'll probably just catch up at some point when when the time feels right. When I finish Attack on Titan. But <coughs> bless you. Uh, oh, we got a couple of other good ones. One, do you guys want one more good one to finish us off today? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. This is a great question. Thank you for whoever sent this in. If you had to be coached by one of your teammates starting today, who would you pick? Oh, I, I, I'm pretty... I mean, there's, there's one I want to and then there's one I should. What are they? The person I'd love to coach me would be Yard because he's so <laughs> chill. Like we would, we would just be cruising. Everything would be relaxed, and you know, oof. but it it'd also relaxed until it isn't. Cause yeah, then he also just loves sprinting. Yeah, it it'd be very very intense. Um, that's the person I think would be fun to be coached by. But the person I'd want to coach me is probably Morgan, just because. Now hear me out. This is because Morgan has been by my side through this journey <laughs> for many years. And so Morgan kind of knows how I tick, how I function as a human being, as well as a professional runner. 
So like if I'm desperately needing somebody to coach me and to be able to keep the trajectory that I'm at, I think Morgan's the guy to fit those shoes. I'll do it. Let's do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. Should I call Ritz? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you going where? We're trying something out, Ritz. Bear with us. I think the 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 most effective long term solution. Mike Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would go with Mario. Yeah, it, Mario's very like he's very yeah. down pat. He's like scheduled out. I think he would do the most behind the scenes work. <laughs> he's also yeah, pretty he's passionate. Also, Mario's like just good to hang around with. Like, yeah, good presence, Mario. Very level headed. Yeah, good presence. Yeah, I think Mario. I was thinking like Mario and Joe are good picks in terms of they pay a lot of attention. Yeah, they're they're paying a lot. Joe of attention. would be kind of scary though. Yeah, I think I'd be scared of Joe coaching me. I think I'd... Joe would have a bit of Ritz syndrome, <laughs> where he he finds it hard to because he's put himself through so much pain and suffering as an athlete. He, he doesn't have much sympathy for you when he's coaching you. He's like, oh yeah, go out and do like a ten mile threshold. Yeah, like, that's, it, that's you do a ten mile threshold. He goes back. Up. I did this back in the days when I was running four thirty and I wasn't even breathing. He's, he's like, like, oh well, I'm not like that. And just, and just, just barefoot. I was wearing a shit pair of shoes. Just loves talking about what they did Half back the in the day. Gone. Yeah, I mean, Alicia would also be terrifying because I think Alicia can feel pain like no one else. So tough. she would expect you to be able to do shit that she can do, which is yeah. like just almost impossible for me. Yeah, my one is tough because I, I see myself as someone that's very high maintenance. So I don't know if I would want to burden <laughs> anyone with coaching me. I feel like I could coach you. I would say one of you two, yeah. just because I think I think. Uh, I think we can to do- coach me it helps to like really more understand me on like a personal level actually and we could be a duo it could be a duo <laughs> team coaching because because really you could be the each other out. I could be the over emotional like just super like you know good, good cop bad cop co- and then Jordy could be the level headed kind of very very structured that's also outlook person and I'd be the passionate in the now and you'd be in the future that's the dream team um, I think that would work I think so as well I think that would be a very good coaching situation for me. Uh, let if you us, need some coaching. Uh, yeah, I was going to We'll do coffee club coaching. Coffee club coaching. Let us know in the comments if yeah. we sold out and we started uh, coaching, doing a little ha- hammer and axe, shout out to Tim and <laughs> type uh, scenario. It's Would a you grand hire a, us as your coach? Yeah, it's a grand a month. Um, no, <laughs> refunds. <laughs> no, no refunds. No refunds. You get one phone call. You get one phone call a month. With, also, with you, get, <laughs> you get one... 30 hour stint no not 30 hour 30 minute stint with Gus uh, a month that's pretty good yeah people pay for just that you get 30 minute stint with Gus that's the emotional support aspect of the coaching right Mm -hmm. there but uh, we did actually have an idea at one point to have a recurring segment on the show where we all coached someone individually and then we had a goal in mind say like in 10 weeks from now we're racing a 10k a 5k and we every week like up updated like how our athletes training was going so if anyone would like to be part of that program reach out to let us, us know yeah. let, let us know and we'll start coaching you to get you to be really fast at the 5k so yeah i think that was a 100 <laughs> whatever event you want honestly shot Wait, pull it long let's, jump let's do 100 meters that'd be so fun <laughs> training for the 100 yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, whatever what do we know <laughs> but i think that's a nice nice place to end the show we did um a little bit of Questions sprinkled in there with uh, a bunch of other stuff that was going on. Well seasoned. Yeah. Anything, well seasoned else, anything else from us? Um, episode seventy nine. Yo, I, I do have to say something. I was going through, scrolling through our YouTube 
today and I looked at all our old thumbnails, our, our studio setup at our old place was so much better. Mm. Like With the painting in the background? The painting in the background. So nice. And then also <laughs> just because you could get a nice front-on angle with the camera. So yeah. we'd all be around. We'd be on both if sides the, of the table. If the camera was here and then we left this window open, could you see the mountains in the back? No. <laughs> no. I can't even see them with my eyes. <laughs> oh, you can only see a bit of, bit of it in the end. So... I think the, the I think the ideal thing for us would be to get a to, studio. Yeah, I think once, someone tells us to fix our lighting once a week. Well, that's that's <laughs> like the main reason why I want to get merch out. Which I guess we could technically just crowdfund this money, but I'd feel bad doing that. I'd like to have merch out just so that we can buy studio lighting and maybe a backdrop. I also want one of those mics that you can move like this. Yeah, like and on better the mics. Yeah, we'll have them set up. For the kudos have pretty cool mics. I want those. See, they mics. have a nice little studio yeah. set up, and they got the lighting, and they got. I think they got two cam. I don't know. Who's well, what, this is what's going to happen. Our gym is too small now. Like it's just objectively too fucking small. So we're going to use that gym as our coffee club headquarters, and then they can move into the Domino's move. or something. Yeah, we're going to take over Domino's next yeah. door. We just gave away the location of our gym. Shit. No, they don't know which. There's Domino's. a lot of Domino's. Okay, There's good. A lot of Domino's around here. Um, we, and the the rent bill will just keep going on. <laughs> yeah, we just ran, we just we just built. Oh, well, I guess the one thing we could do is we could make an agreement. We will talk about an on-running shoe for like a couple minutes before every podcast with the beans, and then they can pay for the rent. For the this shoe. episode is Beautiful. sponsored by the Cloud Surfer. <laughs> Feels like waves. <laughs> actually, though, the Cloud Surfer is a pretty good shoe. We all really like available it. now. <laughs> <laughs> we actually do. This is not, not a joke. Onrunning.com. Onrunning.com. Get the cloud surfer. It's do, pretty good. We do really like it. I, I do love it. And yeah. it looks sick as well. Like it's a good the, shoe. The new colors are really um, nice. I do enjoy it quite a bit. Is it as good as the Cloud X uh, 2020? Me and George Beamish <laughs> uh, rocking that shoe for the doubles. <laughs> Who's to say? Do we love that shoe? We used to run that shoe all the time. I miss it. I miss it too. It doesn't exist anymore. So yeah. Funny. Funny, funny, yeah. funny. All right. Well, I think uh, before we say anything more, that'll get us in trouble. Get what do you us, mean? Get we've this been... episode cancelled. I think it's a nice place to end. There. We no, we've been talking really well. I thought about <laughs> no, everything. We've done good. We've done good. We've done no good. one's even listening at this point. No, no one's listening at this point. Yeah. Whoever's listening at this point, um, we love you. You need to find another hobby. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like get a life. Uh, yeah. No, okay, we love you. Thank you, for, thank you, thank you for coming this far with us. Yeah. Find God. Um, no. <laughs> Kanye West. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening making it all the way here. Uh, we appreciate you guys a lot. That was episode 79. I think uh, hopefully we see you again next week. We'll do yeah. a little more Q&A. But until then, take care. Thank you. Thank you.